0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS-56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are headed for a good Friday and a great uh, Passover Easter weekend uh, for many of you out there. As soon as I finish this show, I am going to take my kids to go see the new Harry Potter film. uh, And then tomorrow... I will be down in Birmingham, for those of you who are going to be in Birmingham, or will be watching for the launch of the USFL. They have done a fantastic job at Fox getting ready uh, for spring football. I'm excited to see how it does and what the experience is like. I will be uh, down in Birmingham. I'll talk a bit about the USFL here in a moment. We just finished the Clay and Buck show, and you know if you've been paying attention to what I think is a perfectly emblematic story about the importance of the internet and social media in all of our lives. And that has turned into what I believe is a crystallized conflict between Elon Musk, representing the forces of capitalism, free speech, the marketplace of ideas, and the Twitter board, which represents the antithesis of all of those things. Uh, And what is being represented is essentially capitalism versus communism. And let me explain what I mean by this conflict. So Elon Musk has offered $54.20 per share for Twitter shareholders. Many of you know this, but I am a longtime Twitter shareholder because I have long believed in the power of decentralized authority, which theoretically is represented by Twitter. I have appreciated the ability of Twitter to allow me to go right to my audience. I have spent a substantial amount of time there. I have somewhere around 900,000 of you who are followers on Twitter. uh, And uh, I have been on Twitter since 2009, I believe. Uh, And it has been invaluable for me in terms of my ability to reach the OutKick audience, grow that audience. Now, it's not all I do. Got the biggest radio show in the country. Obviously, I spend a lot of time now talking to people on Fox News, which is the biggest television station, basically, in the country. I do a lot of sports. Many of you have seen me over the years on FS1 and on Fox. Most recently, part of Big Noon Kickoff, sports gambling show, uh, Fox Bet Live on FS1. I'm not trying to reach people just through social media. But I do believe that the most influential medium right now in the country from a media perspective is Twitter. And so Elon Musk does as well. And I don't know Elon Musk at all. I've never met him. Never interacted with him. I don't know that he's ever even responded to anything that I've tweeted over the years. But what I do know is this. He's worth around $300 billion, which makes him the richest person in the world uh, right now. And I would imagine, I don't think I'll ever (laughs) have occasion to think about it, but at some point in time, if you're Elon Musk and you're around 50 years old, and you realize, hey, I'm the richest person in the world. I've created successful companies in SpaceX and in, uh, and in cars with Tesla. I've basically proven that I can send rockets to space cheaper and more efficiently than NASA. I have rebuilt the combustion engine making an electric car instead of a gas-powered vehicle. And I've done it in an incredibly cool way. That at some point, while you might have a great deal of excitement over your success there, you start to think bigger. And you start to think about the world that is going to be left behind when you're no longer here. And let's presume that Elon Musk is going to live to be 80 or 90 years old. That means he's got 30 or 40 more years to make a difference. And the thing that I, as I get older, become more and more committed to, and I think Elon Musk, who's just seven years older than me, I'm 43 now, is the idea that we have to defend our ability to have an uninhibited and robust marketplace of ideas. I believe that even if I disagree with everything that you hold dear, you should have the ability to argue for what you believe widely and as loudly as you possibly could want to do so. I really do believe that. Similarly, I believe that I should be able to do the same. And that in the great marketplace of ideas, the arguments that people who disagree with me and the arguments that I make should end up in a conflict and the better argument should win, that is the very definition of American democracy. The idea that everyone should be able to argue for what they believe and that the majority, the person who is able to persuade the most people that their idea is right should win And that the country should be uh, guided by the tenets of those beliefs. Where this all breaks down is if we don't have actual robust uninhibited debate. And I don't think there's any doubt that Twitter constantly is rigging the game when it comes to free speech debates. And essentially what Elon Musk has proven is he has come out and he has said, look, all I'm in favor of is robust uninhibited debate. I just want a complete and open marketplace of ideas. I don't want the President of the United States at the time Donald Trump kicked off Twitter. I don't want the Babylon Bee, which is a satire site, locked. I don't believe in restricting people's ability to share their opinions on Twitter. That it is a full marketplace of ideas. And he has decided that if he's worth $300 billion, he is so utterly committed to this idea that Twitter as a private company... He's willing to bid over $40 billion to buy that company. And I, by the way, have been arguing for a few weeks that he should buy Twitter. And if I were allowed to, as a Twitter shareholder, I would sell my shares to Elon Musk for $54.20 a share. Now, Twitter's board has basically said, we don't care about capitalism. We don't care about maximizing shareholder value. We don't care about any of that. We care about preserving our own power. And so as a result, Twitter's board has unanimously voted to implement a poison pill provision, which effectively means if anyone gets over 15% of the shares in the company, that they will then allow additional shares to be granted at a price below the market rate price. They will flood the market. They will make it impossible for anybody to end up acquiring the company on the open market. And so effectively what they have said is shareholders no longer have any control here. We are the captains now. We are stewarding this ship as the board of directors and we are making choices about maximizing uh, maximizing shareholder value. We're not going to allow shareholders themselves to make these decisions. And I believe what they have done, if they are not able to find a bidder who is willing to pay over $54.20 a share, which is what Elon Musk has bid so far, then they are going to severely curtail the amount of value that people like me who are shareholders in Twitter are able to get for the shares that we own in the company. And that as a result, they are going to open themselves up to massive shareholder lawsuits for breaching their fiduciary duty. For those of you who haven't spent a lot of time in law school analyzing this, basically the goal of a board is to, they have a fiduciary duty to make decisions that increase the overall value of the shareholder stake. And so, if someone comes to them and says, hey, we're willing to pay you $10 over where the market price is right now, you have to consider it. Now, they can hire an investment bank, and that investment bank can crunch the numbers and say that Elon Musk is not offering enough. But in the absence of a secondary bidder, what is going to happen, I believe, on Monday is the stock price is going to decline. And when that stock price declines, the gap between what Elon Musk is offering and where the stock price is now represents a substantial amount of shareholder value that is failing to be unlocked, billions of dollars, and there will be lawsuits challenging the fiduciary obligations of the Twitter board as not having been met, and they are potentially could be billions and billions of dollars in legal expenses. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion, but first, a momentary break.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the Steel MS-162 or MS-170 Chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Now, Twitter's board will have good lawyers. I don't believe that Elon Musk, I got to keep my phone open uh, with the idea that uh, we are right now not actually getting those numbers uh, as we speak, the, uh, the, the data on exactly what's going to be done by Elon Musk. Uh, but there is no maximization of value being unlocked right now by Twitter's board. They would rather preserve their power and their ability to rig the Democratic game than they would allow Elon Musk to purchase his company. And my friend Ovik Roy, some of you have heard him on the Wins and Losses podcast, super smart guy has said that he is hearing, and certainly he's not the only person saying this, that he is hearing the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission are ramping up their investigation of Elon Musk for Tesla-related security issues as a fig leaf to allow the Twitter board to not have to sell their company to Elon Musk. If this, in fact, is occurring, it is criminal, in my opinion, in nature. Because what the Biden Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission would be doing is trying to prevent Elon Musk from taking over Twitter because the Democrats realize that Twitter is rigged to favor left-wing speech over middle-of-the-road, open marketplace of ideas speech. And that Joe Biden might well be the President of the United States right now Because Twitter did not allow full discussion of the Hunter Biden story and they locked the New York Post uh, uh, story in the days leading up to the 2020 election. And some people say, well, that's crazy. There's no way this could be possible. But I say, really? Have you looked at the numbers? 40,000 votes separated Donald Trump from winning Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona under the current data out there about votes. 40,000 votes. That means if 20,000 people, that's one arena for an NBA team, that's one NHL arena, 20,000 people in those three states change their opinion, then we end up with a completely different president of the United States. I don't think it's crazy to believe that if the Hunter Biden story had been accurately covered, that out of whatever it was, 160 million people basically, nearly, who voted, that 20,000 of them might have changed their mind and that Donald Trump might still be the president. If the Biden Department of Justice is putting pressure on Elon Musk to try and avoid him buying Twitter, they are engaging in politically motivated investigations, which is criminal in nature, to try to preserve a political advantage that they are getting from social media. Remember, right now we basically have one company in America that is standing athwart the overall mainstream media narrative. And that company's Fox. There basically is Fox News, Wall Street Journal, and uh, places like the New York Post and OutKick is another example that are brands that are actually standing athwart every other media brand. Think about how often... You see stories at OutKick that wouldn't exist anywhere else. That's because we actually represent the vast majority of sports fans. Think about how often you see stories on Fox News that won't be covered by CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN. Won't even be covered New York Times, Washington Post. There is virtually no real marketplace of ideas already. And there's nowhere in big tech where an open place, open marketplace of ideas really exists, which is why Elon Musk is being so aggressively fought. I am on Elon Musk's side. I think we are in an era where you must pick choices, pick sides, make choices. And I believe that what Elon Musk would provide in his $54.20 offer to Twitter is the best way to not only preserve our democracy, but just to allow people to say what they really believe, whether you agree or disagree with me. And the ability and obsession with left-wing blue checkmark brigade members to fight Elon Musk and his acquisition of Twitter and how vociferously they oppose a true marketplace of ideas shows you how little they actually trust the people in this nation to make decisions in a democracy because... Being able to share what you actually believe is the ultimate measure of how any democracy succeeds or fails. And I believe Elon Musk agrees with me that we are under a stultifying environment when it comes to free speech in this country, the likes of which no one around my age has ever seen before. And that if we do not fight with every ounce of our soul and our ability to preserve the right for people to agree and disagree that we are headed for even more authoritarianism than exists now. And that social media has helped to rig so many bad responses. I think the wrong guy won in 2020. I think also that much of our response to COVID has been completely wrong. And I think one of the reasons why it has occurred is is because so many people look at social media as the guidepost for what is acceptable speech and what is consensus opinion. Even though, in particular, Twitter is not a representation of the real world. And I think that's why the Democrats are going to get destroyed in 2022 and potentially destroyed again in 2024, because they think Twitter is the real world. And the reality is, it's not even close to a representation of the real world. So... I expect for shareholder lawsuits to come rolling in, maybe by today, I'm not sure how many different courts are open today on Good Friday, certainly by Monday, unless Twitter is able to find somebody who is bidding more than $54.20 a share. All right, a couple of different things. Uh, Paul George, less serious, evidently not able to play today uh, in the game against the Pelicans that will decide whether or not the LA Clippers advance in the uh in the NBA. You may not care. You may not care at all about the NBA play-in games. Certainly understand that. But two, over two years after the NBA shut down, and with zero players or coaches having any kind of significant health-related concerns, we're still making people sit out of big games because of COVID-positive tests, which have no impact on their overall health or safety and have no impact on the overall health and safety of any other players. It's madness. Paul George should be able to play if he feels like playing. Just like if he had a cold or just like if he had the flu or some other stomach bug illness, if he felt that he was able to play, which most of the time he would, how long are we going to sit on this idea that the only thing you can test positive for that doesn't allow you to play in a basketball game is COVID? Makes zero sense, especially because Paul George is vaccinated already. Once vaccines happen... Why are we still testing at all for COVID? Especially if someone is asymptomatic and doesn't feel that bad. It makes no sense. It hasn't made sense now for years, frankly. USFL is launching down in Birmingham. Tomorrow, I will drive down in Birmingham. We're doing an Outkick tailgate show. Chad Withrow and Jill Savage will be hosting it. In fact, I believe you'll be able to see Chad Withrow early tomorrow morning on Fox News talking about the event from Birmingham. Maybe Jill Savage on Sunday as they uh, are out promoting what should be a very cool event, if you're going to be in Birmingham. And I think they're going to have a big crowd for this game. uh, I look forward to seeing some of you. I know that we have the number one radio show in Birmingham in our time slot uh, all over the city. And so I know a lot of you are going to be listening and a lot of OutKick people uh, and Clay and Buck fans will be there. We met a lot of you at the Ole Miss-Alabama game back in October. I know that we'll have a good time uh, with you guys as well. Finally, Jen Psaki is leaving the Biden White House at some point. I don't know when she's actually going to leave. Uh, But in the meantime, she's doing interviews with left-wing podcast networks. And she was asked about Peter Ducey, who has been one of the few reporters that is actually speaking truth to power inside of the Biden White House. And she was asked whether he was a stupid son of a bitch or if he was just pretending to be a stupid son of a bitch. Uh, And the reality is Peter Ducey is speaking for the vast majority of Americans. I want to reinforce this again because I think it's significant. More Democrats, according to data, watch Fox News in the evenings than watch MSNBC or CNN. More people watch Fox News in general than watch any other television network in the country. That is because Fox News does a better job of speaking truth to power right now in the Biden administration than any other media outlet. And if we did not have Peter Ducey, then there would be virtually no one in the White House press briefings that was actually asking difficult questions of Jen Psaki, uh, and of the Biden administration. And given the fact that the Biden administration now has a approval rating of around 33%, according to the most recent Quinnipiac University poll, what in the world is she thinking doing interviews now as an MSNBC employee-to-be while ostensibly still representing the Biden White House and ridiculing People who are in the press briefing office. Jen Psaki said, uh, well, Fox doesn't cover, basically, she was saying. I remember when the story came out about Fox News saying everything was soft on crime. You wonder what soft on crime looks like, Jen Psaki? Let me go ahead and tell you. It's when you have somebody who has been arrested nine times in New York, three times in New Jersey, and he takes a gun on the subway and fires 30 different shots That man who was arrested this week after the mass shooting inside of the subway should have never been on the streets of New York City. He was arrested 12 times. The fact that you can be arrested 12 times and be back on the street to try and kill as many people as you possibly can in a crowded subway car is evidence of soft on crime policies. It is hard to have a more perfect personification of what soft on crime policies represent than that. Jensaki. You are, right now, a total fraud. And so is the entire Biden White House as they continue to trot out lies such as Vladimir Putin is causing all of the inflation. 70% of it, as Joe Biden said yesterday before he turned around and didn't know where he was with his handshake line. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Let me check one more time before uh, I finish the shows and take my kids to go see this new Harry Potter. Let me see if Elon Musk has tweeted anything at all uh, in response to the poison pill. And so far it appears that he has not. I appreciate all of you. My name is Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I encourage all of you and hope all of you are going to have fantastic Passovers and Easters. Hope to see some of you tomorrow uh, down in Birmingham as I am there for the start of the USFL. I hope Audio Guy is happy. We've got flawless audio broadcast now courtesy of the new Microphone. And thank you to all who are subscribing to Outkick the Show, who are listening to Clay and Buck, and who are consuming Outkick-related content on a day-to-day basis. This has been, and always will be, Outkick the Show. Thank all of you.